This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Welcome back, everybody. Pasha's Noyach. Okay. So the the first part, the first pasuk in Noyach says, "Elu Tolus Noyach." These are the children of Noach. Noach is tzaddik. Noach was a tzaddik. Tamim, perfect. So he was in his generation. Kim, his halach Noach. Noach went in the ways of Hashem. We go back to last week's parsha. We go back to last week's parsha. It says, Hashem ki adam. Well, Hashem saw that the human being was doing a lot of bad stuff. Hashem regretted that um, he that he created the man. I'm going to destroy Adam. I'm going to wipe out the humans. I'm created on the world. I'm going to wipe out the humans, the animals, things that crawl, the birds. Um, I reconsidered that I made them. And then the last passage says, Noach Hashem. And Noah found grace in the eyes of Hashem. So it seems to be <coughs> that the reason Hashem saved Noah is not because he's a tzaddik, but because he was Motzachain. It doesn't say because he was a tzaddik. And we know that that tzaddikim, at least in their generation, they protect the tinaikis, the babies, the children. Who never sinned, and we see that in in the Marvel, everybody got destroyed, even the children. So it seems to be that Noah wasn't saved because of his sitkis, but because he was matzachem ben Hashem. What does that mean? What does it mean to be matzachem ben Hashem? So the Teretz is that there are there are certain mitzvahs, the Arachayim of of I don't have one here with me, but the Arachayim on last week's parsha says that it's a proof that it wasn't because he was a tzaddik. Um, it would have said that Noach was a tzaddik in the eyes of Hashem. It doesn't say Noach was a tzaddik. That says in this week's parsha. It says he was matzachin. Archaim says that there are certain mitzvot that a person does that if you do them, they they give you chain in the eyes of God. Certain mitzvot, specific mitzvot that are matzachin in the eyes of God. And even if the whole world is going to be destroyed, um, even if you don't deserve it, whatever it is, but since you're matzachin in the eyes of Hashem... Hashem will save you. Oh, so Hashem was very careful not to give us an example. Why? Because if you knew which mitzvahs they were, that's all you would do. He says, Rechaim says that. If you knew, no, he said, because if you knew the mitzvahs, Matzachin Hashem's eyes, that's the only thing you'll do. It's like a, a schooler. That's what you're going to do. Because then you know I'm safe no matter what happens. So if it's, whatever that mitzvah is, let's say it's Kibbutz of Aim, I'll do Kibbutz of Aim. I don't have to keep Shabbos, I don't have to keep anything else. Yes. Because it says he was matzachin, so we are. So we don't know what we don't know what that is. We don't know what that is. But the Chafetz Chaim writes in one of his svarim that there's something that if you do that, he uses the lashon that you're matzachin in Hashem's eyes. So the Chafetz Chaim does write something that a person can do that if they do that, they're matzachin in Hashem's eyes. And what is that? What? That's what you think he'd write. Bitachem and Amunah. Says the person who has Bitachem and Amunah. The person who has Bitachem and Amunah, what what's the example he gives? Which is such an important example for me to learn, myself. 
that what does that mean? What does that actually mean? It's very easy for a person to say, I have a moon and I'll be talking. It means that if you have a store and you're selling something and a guy opens up right across the street, he's doing the exact same thing you're doing, right? And normally a person would be very angry. What are you, what are you doing? What are you, what are you, I, 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 just, I have a store right here. What are you doing? Opening a store right, right next to me? I have a shul. I'm a rabbi. Wait, right across the street, you open up a shul, right? Um, uh, I raise money for Arnav. I go to this person. Now you, go, now you found out about it. Now you're going to this person. And I'm not getting that money anymore. And you get angry at people. You know, you do a Pesach program, and then a guy opens up in your backyard. You get, well, what's going on? Are you stealing my people? There's not enough room. And, the, and so, so, so the Chavetz Chaim says, a person who realizes that nobody could steal from you what you're supposed to get, and it doesn't bother you. Open up your store, open up your store on top of my store, I don't care what you do. Whatever Hashem is supposed to give me, He's going to give me, and you don't get angry at that person for stepping on your toes. He says, that kind of person is matzachem be'enei Hashem. That's the lesson that He uses. It's hard. Trust me, it's hard. It's hard. Right? I, 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 so, like, I have Pesach programs, right? So, so there's a lot of other Pesach programs, and they open up there, and then they go after your customers, and then you, you start getting, like, all upset, like, why, you, why you, you know, there's enough people, why are you calling my people? And the truth is that, that that's a silly person. What do you mean? Hashem's going to give you, my father was always, always very mocked. He used to tell us that nobody can steal from you unless Hashem signs off. What are you getting angry for? I, the guy who steals, he's getting Avera. He's getting Avera. Because Hashem is looking to take money away from you. So he has to go into the room of Ganavim. This guy's a Ganav. But Lemaisa, nobody can, nobody can break into your car and steal your stuff if Hashem doesn't want them to. So yes, he has to be punished by Bezin, by court, by law, by the police, whatever it is. But you get over it. Get over it. No one can take anything. My father used to always say, we can take away from me what I'm supposed to get. Or Hashem says what you're going to get. Nobody can take that. Nobody can take that away from you. That's real bitachan. It's very nice to say I bitachan and I have a muna. And that's the example the Chavetz Chaim gives. The Chavetz Chaim gives. A person has a store and, then, and he's doing very well. And a guy opens up across the street and for ten cents less. What is pain mean? It's really an English. Doesn't have an English word. Pain doesn't have an English word. It's a state of being. It's a state of being. Um, Yeah, but it's, that's, an ex, that's explaining what it is. But I don't know that there's a... Let's take a look at the art scroll. Oh, the famous art scroll. Let's see. The Noach Matzachem in Hashem. But Noach found grace. That's the English word. Grace in the eyes of Hashem. Whatever that means. What? Right, right. right. Exactly. It's also like a state of being. It's a hard... It's a hard um, Esther, according to, according to some, some rabbis, was very ugly. She had a green complexion. So some rabbis say she has an olive complexion, so she's very beautiful. Others say she was very ugly. Why? To show that Hashem did a miracle. She's very beautiful, big deal. It's a, it's a Persian story, Persian beautiful girl, and the king fell in love with her. And big, but she was Hadassah, she was green. She was, she was, so it says over there that Esther Matzachem Be'enav. Wasn't her beauty? It was her chain. What does that mean? Her grace. I heard it means inner beauty. Like that, we, um, that's what it means. But that's an explanation of what it means. Because what does grace mean? A person walks gracefully. Poised. Right, but that's not what chain means. Chain is not poised. What? What's a chain? They don't really have a translation. That's why they say. You have favor in his eyes. Chain is not favor. It's, it's, a, it's a certain state of being that a Jewish girl has. 
Motzachein. She was Motzachein Beinov. It's, it's written down a few times in the in the Torah like that. Right. Shekachein you're asking a good question. What, what, how could you be? How could Chaim be Sheker? Because you have to know what. The, I don't know. It's like she's like she has a lot of Chaim, but inside she could be. Could she be a, a, a bad person if she has Chaim? I don't know. It's a very good question. What does it mean Sheker Chaim Yafi? What it means is that all these outside stuff is not what's important. That, that it's above, but but chain is, is what a Jewish person has. It's, it's a certain glow, but it's not a physical glow. So what does sheker chain mean? Chain should be something very good. Shouldn't be a sheker. I, I guess you. I guess. I guess you could be not even Jewish and have chain. So sheker chain. It's not. It's not what should be the attraction. You know, she has chain. She's nice. She's sweet. She's. She's graceful, but that doesn't mean she's good. What? Anything could be <coughs> twisted negatively. Maybe the negative. means it's not true. I'm not saying that it's twisted. Sheker hachain. The chain is false. We'll look it up this week in Mishle. We'll try to figure out, get an answer. What does that mean? How could chain be false? Huh? How do you manipulate? Chain seems to be a positive thing. Yofi is beauty, beauty, outside beauty. She's very pretty. So that we know that's that. that you can be miserable inside and pretty outside. But chen is a, is a state of being. How could that be a sheker? How could that be a sheker? Maybe she's good on the inside, but on the outside she's not good. So that's Who cares if she's on the outside nicely? Yeah, Hashem Sheker Hashem v'Hava Yafi. So you mean that without Yiras Hashem, it's Sheker. It has no meaning. You just said that um, a guy can also have Chayim. No, no, I've never Chayim. seen it. Says Yiddish Chayim. You know, right. that's the expression that you know, people use. That the girl has Yiddish Chayim. You, know. you can see it also in children. Certain children, you can see it. You just look at them and like the Chayim, the kids. Right, what is, but how could that be Shekhar? So she's saying good. Without your Shemayim, it's empty. She's talk, she, talk of, she has Chain, but she has no your Shemayim. You could have Chain without your Shemayim. You could be a sweet, nice, graceful person, but she doesn't have your Shemayim. She doesn't keep Shabbos. It's not innocent. Innocent, anyone could be innocent. Huh? Isha Yiras Hashem Tishalo. Don't praise someone that they're beautiful. Don't praise someone that they're bechain. If you're going to praise a woman, it's her year's Hashem that should be praised. That's what he's saying. I mean, I think it's a good answer. But why, what does it mean, sheker? Why is it sheker? Why is it sheker? Because a person who has chain but doesn't, is not connected to Hashem, the chain itself doesn't mean anything. That's what Shlomo Amel is saying. His chayim, matzachim, and Hashem's eyes. That's different than a person's eyes. He did have Yerushimah. We know he had Yerushimah. He had bitachin, right? He had bitachin. He had bitachin in Hashem, and that's that was what. And that, that's only the Chavetz Chaim says that 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 could save you if everyone else is going to be punished. 
a person who, a person who has bitachon in Hashem, um, that no matter what happens, and, and you have to understand that it ties in very well with the, 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 the destruction of the world. Why was the world destroyed? What did the Medrash say? Why was the world destroyed? Um, why didn't Hashem give them time to do tshuva? They had 120 years, why didn't he give them 1,000 years? Why didn't he wait till they do tshuva? How did you know that? Hashem waits till the last second because they rationalized. They did not steal. They would take 100 guys, walk into a fruit store, and every single person would take one grape. Because Allah is that anything under a penny is not considered stealing. So they figured out how to steal and not be high for stealing. So they rationalized that it's not stealing. I took less than a penny. Hashem says, once you rationalize what you're doing wrong, you're never going to do tshuva. That, so, he, so the geneva, geneva, stealing from someone means that you don't have bitachon. If I take something that belongs to Ruth, that means that I don't believe that I get, that, I, that Hashem gives me what I'm supposed to get, so I have to take yours. Exactly the reason the world was destroyed was what the Chavetz Chaim is saying, that the Orach Chaim is saying that that's what Noah had. Noah had Emunah, that whatever I'm supposed to have, I'm supposed to have. And you can't open up a store, you can open a store right in front of me and sell it for a dime less. I'm going to get what I'm supposed to get. Nobody can take away what I'm supposed to get. A person who lives a, a, his life like that is never going to steal. Why would I steal from you? If I, if I know I'm, I'm Hashem's going to give me what I'm supposed to get, why would I steal from you? You'll never be jealous. You know, they're, 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 uh, they're, it's very hard for an older single girl to go sit at a wedding and watch her younger cousin get married and, and like she's still not married and she's, she's jealous, not jealous, but it hurts her. But if you really have a Muna, like what does she have to do with me? What does that have to do with me? I just went through this this week. Interesting, I'm talking about in this parasha. Whatever it is, somebody saw what somebody else was making, uh, being paid by me. And, and they, went, they went off the wall. They went, well, I don't stand, I'm working, eh, why is that? Brand new, I'm 20 years, and ah, ah. wow! So I said, I don't stand. Before you saw what the other person was making, were you happy? Right? You, you didn't never came to me for a raise, you didn't ask me for more. You were happy. Now that you know that she's making more than you, you're not happy, I don't know why. So everyone was telling me, no, you don't understand, you're a human being, you know, you have a value to yourself and you're happy, but then when you give more money to someone else, what you're saying is that I'm worth less than this other person. I'm like, I didn't say that. You, you got, you know, it's always people in the bank, right? You never have, I don't know if you've ever, if you have a banker, they never last more than two months. You get this relationship with the person in the bank, right? The manager, you come back, oh, she's gone, she moved to Manhattan, then she moved to Westchester, and then mama's only there for two months. Why? Because the way they make money they, is, is they move. I started off Yeshiva Crown Heights in Little Basin. I was making $310 a month 40 years ago. My rent was $360 a month, and my salary was $310 a month. Okay? That's what I was making. I was making $310 a month. Ten years into it, even if they gave me a 10%, right, a 10% raise every year, they were giving me $30 a raise every year. Ten years later, right, I was making $30 times 10, $300 more. I was making $600. In walks this new teacher. It's ten years later. They're not paying $300 anymore. They're paying $10,000 for all the new teachers. So here I am. I work ten years. I'm making less than the new teacher. Right? It doesn't mean that I'm worth less to the school. But the longer you're in a job, 
the less money you make. It's all the new people. So managers in the banks, they keep moving other banks, this bank, that, because that's how you make money. If you sit in your job, you're only going to get 2% a year raise. You're not going to make a lot of money. So, so I, I, I couldn't. Me, me and this other person, we, we couldn't. I couldn't come to terms with it. Like, this person was, like, so upset. So did you give and, her a raise? No. <laughs> was she upset because she, was worth, she felt worth less or because, like... Because she felt worth... She felt worth less. And I said... She also felt, once she knew what the other person was making, that the other person has to work much harder. It became a whole drama, a whole thing. Because I'm making this much... She's making that much. I'm not doing the same. Well, let her do it. Oh, my God. It went, it went out of control. And I was like, one second. Until you saw her check, you were happy with what you were doing. You were happy with what you were getting. I, it makes me crazy when people do that. Why are you looking into someone else's pocket? What is it you, what's the difference? But she failed last year. So, of course she's going to make You're right, but you're wrong. Why? What does one thing have to do with the other? If you're happy, if you're not happy, famous story, Sinna and Kinna. Sinna is hatred. Kin is jealousy. Sin and Kin were going for a walk. Hatred and jealousy were going for a walk. They met the king. The king said to Sin and Kinna, anything you ask me for, I will give you. But the, sec- the guy that didn't ask me, or is the second person, I'm going to give double. So if you ask me for 500, right? If Sin asked me for 500, I'll give Kinna 1,000. Sin will get 500, right? So because they were jealous of each other, like, I don't care if you give me a million, but... I'm not happy if you give me a million, he gets two million. So they didn't ask him for anything because they couldn't handle that the second guy's going to get double. So the king said, listen, if you, don't, uh, if you guys don't ask me for anything in the next five minutes, I'm not giving you anything. So Kinna, which is jealousy, thought for a minute, he smiled, said to the king, I know what I want. He said, what do you want? He says, knock out one of my eyes. <laughs> don't hop. No, got both eyes knocked out. So he was so happy. But you got your eye knocked out. doesn't matter, but Baruch Hashem, he got both his eyes knocked out. It's human nature. I had this discussion. I went crazy yesterday on this. It's human nature. It's 100% wrong. It's 100% wrong. If I, if I make a deal to go speak somewhere, I want $1,800. I'm very happy. $1,800 on speaking one night and once he... I'm getting $1,800. And they agree, right, well, since you come and speak, you get $1,800. Then I find out, Charlie Harari got $5,000. <laughs> I have a problem with it. I was happy with my $1,800. What's the, Charlie Harari needs it more, they need him more. I don't, I don't know, it's not my, it's not, well, I'm happy with my $1,800. Now, is that not normal? I don't know. But I made a deal. And, if they were to offer me $500, I wouldn't have gone. Because to me, $500, I'm just giving an example. For $500, I'm not going to Muncie. But for $1,800, I was so happy. Now that I found out that Charlie Wright got five, oh, no, I can't get, I, I'm, I'm just giving, I'm making an example. <laughs> I'm just giving an example. Now, let's say I found out that Charlie Harali only got 500 Oh. <laughs> Wow, right? Look at me, I'm so great. No. If, if you're happy with what you have, it's jealousy. It's, it's a lack of bitachon. Again, I'm not talking about a job, because it's not the right wall thing, but I, I, don't, I could not put my finger on the place. Me and this other person, and she was like, you, how could you not understand what I'm saying? Like, what's wrong with you? 
It's like I just found out that this person who, who's brand new is making more money than me. I'm here 10 years. I don't understand. And I, I was like, you have a job. You're getting paid for the job. You agree to the job. You're happy with the job. So let's say you didn't know that this person was making more. You wouldn't be upset. So the whole reason you're upset is only because you found out that someone... So that's not, that's not having bitachon. I don't mean in a job, because a job you could, have to, you could be angry at me, right? Why, why, why? But in, in life, nobody can steal from you. Nobody can take from you. You seem to understand it very well, that she's upset. <laughs> right? Um, what? It would bother you? Yes. Yes. It would bother me, too. If you came to a... You know, when I worked in the public school, right. the teachers that came in, they didn't make what I was making if I was there 10, 15 years. I was making much more. I, I don't know public school. Start, I'm telling you, I know. And they start because the salaries are there in the papers. And they started on step one. I was already on step seven or eight. So on I step seven or eight, step, right. More. Were you happy? I hated public school. No, were you happy with your salary? You took the job, you were happy with your salary. What's yes. the difference that, that, that Mary McCarthy is making more money than you? I don't understand. What's... Were you happy? Did you take the job? Did you go to school for the job? What is it your problem that this other lady is getting more? Why are you looking in her pocket? That's what I'm saying. But you do understand it's a level of and a lot of people are not on that. So you can't now here it's not a level more. Here you can say, right, well, see, why are you paying her more? It's not Hashem. It's like, why are you paying her more? Right. And I don't think it's anyone's business. That's why we don't tell it. That's why we don't tell anyone. She have whatever. No, that wasn't the Taina. That wasn't the Taina. Then it became a whole thing. I do this, you do that, you do that. Ezu who are share. Sameach v'chalko. So, who's the rich person? A person who's happy with what they have. Otherwise, you're never happy. You're always looking at the other person. You need you need money to survive, to to take care of family. You need money. So ask me for a raise, but don't get upset when I give someone else. What is that other person? If you're not happy with, with your money, then say, Rabbi Wallstein, I can't pay my bills. I need more money. Just because someone else is getting more money, that's, that's why you're asking me for more money? But didn't you say that's a level? Everything's a level. Everything, I'm not saying. Everything's a level. No. That's not. Yes. Do you understand, do you understand the two sides to this? The day before she found out what the other person was making, the day before, she said to me, I just want to thank you that you pay me this, this much money. The day before, I promise. Hashem's my witness. The day before, she said, wow, you know, I asked you for a raise and you just gave it to me. I am so happy working here. I am so happy how much money you're paying me. The day before. It's not, it's not about what you're getting. It's about what the other person's getting. No, but that's the So... So why don't you have that feeling towards God? No, I'm, I'm no, no, why? I said, this person has this feeling towards me. No, but I'm saying, but this, this lady, this woman is, not, is 20 years old. This guy is 21 years old. He's making millions of dollars. He's in real estate. He's flipping stuff. He's making millions of dollars. I'm, I'm 62 years old, working like a dog my whole life. And, and this little schnickel over here, 22 years old, he's making millions. I don't understand Hashem. No, I don't Hashem's like, well, well, I'll see you were happy until you found out what he's making. 
Right? It's the same, right? Why don't I have Tainus on Hashem? I don't chaf. What? So her, her answer to me is that money, money gives a value on a person. So therefore, if you're paying this person more than me, I want to know what you are saying is that she is more valuable than me and I take that as an insult. Her title was that money, it's not like you, you, you gave her the front seat in the, in the, you know, which would also be a problem, but you gave her the front seat in the office, you gave her the window on the park. She's like, money is a representation on the cheshivas, the importance of that person in your life. So if you pay her, I'm, I'm getting 80000 and you pay this woman who just showed up 100000 what you're saying is she is more valuable than me. That, that was her, at that final, she said, so money has a certain connotation to it that she's more important than me. I said, she's not. I can't replace you, but I could replace her. And she's like, so then why don't you pay me more? And I'm like, because you were happy with what I was giving you until she showed up. And we just kept going, just kept going back and forth. So yeah, if you're looking into someone else's pocket, you will never be happy. And that's what the Mishnah says. That you're happy with what you have. It doesn't matter what everyone else has. Right, so my question is, I don't care about what anyone else has. But like, okay, so if you need more money, so ask me. So, I can't afford rent. How am I supposed to deal with that in a unit then? Okay, what is that? That has nothing to do with the other lady. No, right, different, different question entirely. Right. New chapter. Like, a person who can't afford... So you're saying, well, how does an ani, how does a poor person have a muna? They're supposed to work as, as do whatever they can to be able to, to do the work. But at the end of the day, we know that the Parnassi comes from Hashem, and you have to do your best. Yeah. That's it. But it's the same. It's the same. That, that's what the Chavetz Chaim is saying. A person who says, "I'm a Kabbal, what my life is. I'm a Kabbal on myself. What's going on?" That's a person who's Matzachim. So he wasn't saved because he was an Ish Tzaddik. He was saved because he was Matzachim. We see that in Sidon, that he said, are oh, there are ten tzaddikim, would you save Sidon? Hashem said, yes. But he didn't say, if there's one tzaddik, would you save Sidon? Right. And Noach was the only tzaddik in the world. So the reason he saved Noach, says the Orachayim, was because he was Motzachim, not because he was a tzaddik. So then why did he give that many years to What do you mean? So that the people in the world were rationalizing, right? So that's it. That's when, that's when it ended. So I think it happened. I think it happened during those, during those hundred and twenty years. No, I'm saying were those like hundred and twenty years from Noah to like go out and try to. Noah, right? Noah, Noah, we're going to get this now in Rashi. Noah should have saved the generation, and he didn't save the generation, and he could have saved the generation. And Medrash says that that this really what I wanted to talk about today. We just went off the subject a little bit. Uh, The Medrash says that had he told God that listen, God said to him. I'm destroying the world. I want to save you and your family and those animals. If he would have said to Hashem, it's all or nothing. I'm not, you're not saving me. I'm not building no teva. I'm not building no teva. You eat right, like Moshe Benu. Either we all die or none of us die. The measure said, had he davened and he said that, the world would have been saved. Could have saved the world. But he took care of himself. Huh? What was there? It wasn't positive, right? Well, if he would have said, listen, it's me. I'm not building a table. We're all dying. What? Hashem, Hashem, what have you guess Give them more time. Give them more of a chance. What would the Averis do? Was it just stealing? What would the Averis do? They did all three of the, all three of the Averis, but the stealing is what took it over the top. 
Because once, and we had this share a few years ago, once you make everything right, you're not going to do tshuva, like Saddam. When you do something wrong, you know it's wrong, you'll do tshuva. When, when, once you rationalize stuff, and I've heard the craziest rationalizations for people's evil deeds that you'll ever hear in your life. Crazy stuff. I told you the story with that woman who said, the guy on the block, Hashem wanted to put him on the block, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm committing adultery, because Hashem put him on the block, if Hashem didn't want him to be on the block, me, to meet him, then he wouldn't have been on the block, and she rationalized the whole thing. I sat there, I'm like, you're rationalizing adultery? And she, yeah, she was, she was like, I'm a tzedekah still. The biggest, the biggest evidence in the world are rationalized. And once somebody rationalizes something, they're never going to do tshuva because they're not doing anything wrong. If something tries to rationalize everything, that's okay, it's not so bad. He comes to you and says like this, you're a big tzedekah still, so you do an avera, one or two averas, at the end of the world, Hashem will forgive you. Or if that doesn't work, he says to you, listen, you did so many averas, he'll never forgive you anyway, you might as well just keep doing it. He comes to you every single way. He tries to, to, that you should rationalize what you're doing wrong. I've heard the craziest rationalizations for the worst stuff in the world. That's what he does. So they rationalize that. They're not doing anything wrong. We're stealing less than a penny. Shem said, these people are never going to change. I mean, there's other midrash in what they did, but... It worked. Hashem said, I'm going to, after the ego, I'm going to wipe out all the Jews and we let you live. And from you are going to come the rest of the Jews. Moshe Amenu said, you know what, Hashem? The Jews go, not only do I go, but you're not going to have me in Chumash. My, I don't want my name in Shmos, Vayikra, Bamir, Bedvarim. Done. Hashem, Hashem said, I'm forgiving you because of your words, because of what you said. Noach doesn't say anywhere here that Noach davened for the world. He built the Teva. He set an example. He told everyone why he was building the Teva. He didn't get up and daven for them. And that's why, that, that's where we were going tonight. The first rush. Huh? For what reason? He just couldn't think of it? I, I can't answer. He was a big tzaddik. Right. Maybe he just thought that, 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 this, that, that Hashem, you know what? You're really bad, and they need to be destroyed. That's not, but that, that's not the, the job of a leader of a world. The leader of the world's job is to save the world. Same thing happened by Mordechai. <coughs> Famous measure by Mordechai, it says, that most of the Bezdin liked Mordechai, but a lot of them didn't like Mordechai. Why? Because they knew in Nebuah that if all of Klaeswell, Haman would destroy everybody, then Mashiach would come. So they wanted everyone to die. Mordechai, let it go. Let Haman kill everyone. Mordechai said, no, I'm the leader. My job, Mashiach, I'm not looking to Mashiach and what's going to be. My job is to save the Jews. It's my job as a leader. That's your job. Your job is to save the Jews. So, so, he was the leader of the world, Noach, at that time. He was the one guy. And, and your job is to save the world. And we'll see how because he didn't save the world, he ended up really losing one of his kids. Come, We'll see very soon. We're going to talk about it. And I really, I, I was up in the ranch this week. Every, every um, Tuesday I go up to the ranch. So I had a share with the girls that were up there. And this is really what we spoke about. About not that, that, that Shem Shem Pinkins is really his share. We don't have that much time tonight to go through the whole thing. But Rav Shem was talking about, somebody asked him, how can, you, how can you be happy in a tragic situation? Right? We'll be talking is, you know, Baruch Dayan Emes, someone died, Baruch Dayan Emes. You're giving Hashem a bracha. Someone died, you're saying, Baruch Dayan Emes, Hashem should be gebenched. Like, right? how could you really mean that? How could you really be on that level? And, and Rav Shem was very normal. He said, I don't know how to tell you how to do that. I don't know how to tell you in a tragedy to be happy. We're not on that level. We're not on that level. He said, but I could tell you something. It's so true. It's so right. 
he said that happiness can come out of tragedy. What does he mean by that? When a person is going through a very hard time, he said it depends what you do, right? He says, let's say you're going through a very hard time, you're losing your money, what else, somebody's sick. So he says, you can either get depressed and stay in your bed and get depressed and put your head down, you were traumatized, you went through this, you went through that. He says, you could do that, or you could open up the Tehillim and finish the whole Tehillim. So he says, at the end, when the, when the pain stops and the situation stops, you're like, oh my gosh, I finished the whole Tehillim. I accomplished something. He says, what you do with pain you can, can bring you happiness. Because if you accomplish something through the pain, he says, I can't tell you how to say Gamzulatayva and how to take a painful moment in your life and say, yay, thank you, Hashem. He said, that's for Tzaddik and Rabbi Akiva. That's a, you know, he was dying and his Talmud was like, what's going on? He's like, I'm so happy I'm dying with Shem Shemayim. He said, that's Rabbi Akiva, or Shem Shepinka said. That's not for us. We, we can't do that. He says, but what you do with your pain can bring you happiness. It's the situation that, situation that you were in, you can, you can build from that. And, and I've spoken about myself, whatever, whatever. People who go through trauma are very sensitive to help people who have trauma. So you can either go through trauma and be very depressed and be very down, and, or you can go through trauma and build trauma centers. So at the end of the day, after you finish going through the pain, you have something. How you react to that pain is very important. And Noah failed. He failed on a certain level over here. And, and um, you see from Arashi that's extremely very hard to understand. It's very hard to say Noah failed. I'm not, who might say Noah failed? But Rashi says, right, that it says, Eilu told us Noah, Noah ish tzaddik, tamim That Noah was a tzaddik and he was perfect. But then they throw in that word, the deraisav, in his generation. Why don't you say he's a tzaddik? Right? It's like, I asked somebody about a girl for shidduch, for somebody, and the teacher said, oh, she? Compared to the rest of her class, she was really good. <laughs> why you just say she was very good? Why did you have to say that? Was she good? Yes. So why did you have to say, well, compared to the rest of her class? Why did you have to say that? She was good in your class, why did you have to add that? And the answer was, he was trying to tell me that she's not so good. Or, he was trying to tell me, what an amazing girl. Her whole class was miserable. And it, and it didn't affect her. I don't know what he meant. He said, in her class, they were really not a good class. She was good. So that might mean, compared to the rest of them, she was good. That's nothing. It's Ganai. Or it might be like, wow, this kid was surrounded by bad girls, and she ended up being good. She must be a superstar. That's not the way I took it, because I don't think that's the way it was said. But Rashi here says that there are two sides. Why does the Torah have to say, so the Torah should say, Noach, Noach is Tzadik, Tamim Haya. Why do you throw in So Rashi says, Some rabbis, They say, It's a praise. Imagine if he was surrounded by a bunch of guys that were learning. He would have really been a big tzaddik. He was surrounded by a bunch of low life, and he still was a tzaddik. Wow. That's a shvach. That's a praise. But the other rabbis say, No. Like, nah. It's not praise. It's the opposite. If he dar, he tzaddik. Compared to his dar, he was a tzaddik. If he lived in the dar of Avraham, you ready for this Rashi? Lo, haya nechshav leklum. He would be a nothing. Wow, that's a big statement. I understand that you're not praising him. 
So if he would be in the generation of Abraham Avinu, he'd be a regular guy. He'd be a normal guy. Rashi says he'd be a nobody. What was he a nobody? He wasn't a bad guy. What's going on over here? That's very strong language about Noah. Say, in Abraham's time, he'd be a regular guy. No, he'd be a nobody. It's a very strange Rashi. Why is he saying that? And the reason is that, and first of all, I, I, as growing up as a kid, I was like, this reminds me of these rabbis. They remind me of my rabbeim that used to write on the back of my report card, he has great potential but never lives up to it. So don't write anything. Don't write anything about me. Right? When you write to my parents, he has great potential, he doesn't live up to it, they're angry at me. Just leave it alone, right? What do you have to write that for? Like, like you know, when you get the, you never got that, but when I got a 45 on a test, right, the teacher would write, failing, I know. <laughs> that 45 is failing. Why do you have to write that across my paper? What well, in red, sign, you know, right, with a big circle around it. Hello, right? So, so what is Rashi saying over here? That he'd be a nobody. What did Rashi say? In a wrong generation, he wouldn't be the leader. He wouldn't be the biggest savage. And altogether, why does these rabbis have to comment? Just leave it. The Deirosov and his generation was bad and he was still good. What, why, do you, why are they learning something negative? What are you looking for? Why do you want to beat up Noach? It was, it was a, he was ish tzaddik. The, the Pusik in the beginning says he was an ish tzaddik. When the Pusik, the Torah doesn't call anyone ish tzaddik. Who does the Torah call ish tzaddik? The Torah is calling him ish tzaddik and then right away, oh, die by yourself, he's a low life. He's a nobody. Why are you looking to make trouble here? And the answer is, the Chachamah wanted to teach us an important lesson that we're not allowed to miss. And that is that even though he was a tzaddik, being that he didn't save the generation, it's a genai. It's a genai. Because Avraham Avinu, why does it specifically pick Avraham Avinu, Rashi? Because Avraham Avinu had Sodom. And Avraham Avinu went to Dhamma to Hashem. And he said, how about 50? How about 45? How about 40? How about 30? How about 20? How about 10? He didn't leave Hashem alone. Because in the times of Avraham, where you see that a tzaddik davened from one city, one city, not the world. The world wasn't being destroyed. Spain was being destroyed. And Abraham Avinu was begging Hashem to save them. So you, that did nothing for the world, you're nobody. It's a musr. It's teaching us a musr. That you think you can sit at home and be a good girl, but for yourself and not help anyone else, you're nothing. There's a, there's a, in Kabbalah we learn that on Sukkot, beautiful, beautiful thought. On Sukkot we have Abraminim, right? You have an Esrig. So the Esrig, which is in the left hand, represents a Tzaddik. It's in, it's inside and it's outside are good. It tastes good and it smells good. So the Tzaddik, he's outside good and he's inside good. So that's the perfect one. That goes in your left hand. The Lulav, which goes in your right hand, so the lulav comes from a date palm tree, right? So it, it has a very good taste, has a very good inside, but it has no smell. It has no outside, has no smell. The lulav has no smell. So that's a person who's, on the outside, he's not such a tzaddik, but on the inside, he's a big tzaddik. Then you have the hadassim. The hadassim are the opposite. They have a good smell on the outside, and on the inside, they're nothing. So you have people who are good on the outside, not good on the inside. Your people are good on the inside, not good on the outside. And you have tzaddikim that are good on the outside and good on the inside. And then you have Aravos. 
Aravos is the Russia. Aravos doesn't smell good, and Aravos doesn't taste good. He's not good on the inside, he's not good on the outside. When you hold, when the man holds the lulav, so the lulav, the Abraminim stands for Hashem's name. Yud, K, Vav, K. So when you hold them all four together, three and one together, you're spelling Hashem's name. It brings down a story where Tzaddik, for a moment, his hands separated, and he started fasting and going crazy that he separated Hashem's name. So the man has to hold them all together. Now, who's touching the Russia? The, the, uh, the Arava is on the outside. Hadas, Lulav, Arava, Esri. So the Esri and the, when you stand, you put them together, the Esri and the Aravas are together. The, the, the Tzadik, which is the Esri, and the Arava, which is, which is the Rasha, they're touching each other the whole time. Why? Because the Tzadik separated from the Rasha and not helping him is not a Tzadik. A person that just takes care of themselves and doesn't help others is not a Tzadik. It's brought down in the deepest form of Kabbalah. That on the la- on Hashanah Rabbah, right, which is like Yom Kippur, you take the five Aravas, what do you do? You slap it on the floor. Why? He says, because on Hashanah Rabbah, there's no more Russia. He's clean. It's, his Averis are gone. So you knock the leaves, right, off the Russia. That's, he says, why? He says, because the Russia was together with the Tzaddik for seven days. And if the Russia and the Tzaddik are together for seven days, for sure, at the end of the seven days, he's not a Russia anymore. So on Hashanah Rabbah, we get rid of the Russia. We say, he's not a Russia anymore. To show HaKadosh Baruch Hu, oh, we are not Risham anymore either, and that's how you get your Kapara. And that's why they used to hit, that's why they used to hit the Hoshanas. So, so a Tzaddik is not a Tzaddik unless he's touching the Russia, unless he helps others. Therefore, the Chachamim, you didn't have to find bad in Allah, but they wanted to send us a message. Yes, he was a tzaddik. Yes, he was Matzachim, but everybody died on his watch. The world was destroyed on his watch. In Avram's time, where Avram cared about it one city, he would be a nothing. That was the lesson. Now, we see in the first passage that he's called, right, he was an Isha Lokim. When he comes out, and this is what I really spoke to my girls at the ranch, was Baruch Hashem was, it's running like, uh, I don't want to give it a Ayin Har. Last time I said a compliment, I, I don't want to give an Ayin Har, but it's, I was there today, I was there yesterday. It's like, it's, it's unbelievable. But anyway, so what was I telling the girls? So, when Noah came out of the Teva, it was huge trauma for him. The whole world was destroyed. All his friends, all his neighbors, Everybody he knew in the world was dead. He came out of the Teva and he looked at a world that was totally destroyed. It's very traumatizing. And he was very depressed. So the first thing he did was he planted a vineyard. And he said, I need to get drunk. I cannot deal with this pain. I need to do drugs. I need to get drunk. I need to sleep till 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I, I can't deal with, well, I, the whole world is destroyed. So, I'm going to read you a Medrash Tanchuma, which I've read before, but there's a certain point that I want to make. And it says the following. The Pasuk says, Vayochel Noach Ish Noach debased himself, lowered himself, and became a man of the dirt. Now, this is the same Noach that the Torah called Ish Tzadik, as Hello Kim as I. He was a spiritual, he went in the ways of Hashem. Now, all of a sudden... 
The Torah was telling us, Noach, Noach's a dirt man. He's Ishadama. Vayochel Noach Ishadama. And Noach debased himself because he began to work with the Adama. The first thing he did was he planted a vineyard. He said, I cannot deal with my pain. So I'm not going to use my pain. I'm not going to use the moment to build something. I'm going to use the moment to get anesthesia. At, this, is, this is what Rav Shemshim Pinkus was saying. That sometimes your moment of trauma, your moment of pain, is the greatest moment of your life. What does that mean? When Noah came out of the Teva, what he should have said is, Oh my gosh, the world is dead. The whole world is coming from me. Wow, what a moment. I am the father of the world. No more Adam. There was no one alive anymore. The world is coming from me. What a moment. This is nuts. Every human being in the world is going to be coming from my children. It was a a crazy moment. He should have davened. He should have built bridges. Because he knew he was going to have children and bridges and houses and warehouses and farmland. And he should have been so busy developing the world. What a moment. His trauma was his greatest moment. He is now, there's no Adam, there's no one else. It's all me. It's all on my shoulders. I'm the only one that could do this. Instead, i got to get blitzed. Let's go to the bar. He missed the moment. That's what Rav Shimshin Pinkus was saying. I can't tell you to be happy but do something with that moment. You were traumatized, so you know what it feels like, so you can help the kids that are having the same thing. So it's, it's, it's like a very bad moment, and you have to get through it, but at the same time, it's like, this happened to me, I'm sensitive to it, so I'm going to build places to help kids that went through it. Instead of just getting depressed and giving up on life. That was his mistake. He, w- he became the father of the world. The whole world was coming from him. Build bridges, build farms, build warehouses, you're the man. Get your kids. You're it. No, I got to get drunk. I can't handle this. This is what I told my girls. You know, I was talking about drugs and stuff like that. I was saying like that. I can't tell you to go dancing about what happened to you, but I could tell you that if you, you you do something positive because of it, then in the end you will be happy because you will be able to look back and say, "Look what I built." But if you're going to get drunk and do drugs, you're not going to be happy, and it's not going to fix your trauma. It doesn't fix anything. The other thing doesn't fix it either. That's what Rav said. To be dancing when you get hurt? No. He says, but if you, if, let's say you finish the whole Tehillim, or, or there are many people that lose, that lose, um, that never lose a parent or lose a relative, and that year, they finish Shas. Or they make a Siyam. Or they finish Shisha Sidre Mishnah. So yes, they lost the parents. It's very painful. So Rav says, I can't ask you to dance around the table and say, yay, my, my father died. But if you use that pain, right, at the end of the year, you're standing up and saying, you know what, I never finished Shas in my life. Because my father died, I wanted to do it for him. I learned Shas. I'm very happy that I learned Shas. I'm not happy that my father died, but I'm happy I learned Shas. Listen, Rabbi Wallstein opened up Ornava because my father died. That year is when I opened up Ornava, 17 years ago. I was sitting on, on, on the steps. I'm like, what can I do for my dad? What can I do for him? And that's when the idea of opening Ornava. And now you have Ornava and Ateras Nava and Benochaya and, and, and Benochbina and the ranch and all this all came from my father dying. And I said, I got to do something for him. So in the end, am I happy that my father died? No. Am I dancing that I don't have a father? No. Am I dancing that I have Ornava? Yes. And that's what Rav Shem Shem was saying. Yes, look what came from it. Am I happy about what happened? No. 
That's already a tzaddik to say, I'm happy my father died. Like, you think I need it? No, I'm not happy my father died. I wish he was alive today. But on the other hand, yes, I am happy. So if someone's going through something and someone's sick and they finish the whole Tehillim, the person should get better. But then at the end of the day, they're like, you know what? I've never finished Tehillim in my life. I just finished Tehillim. And maybe they're going to start saying more Tehillim. So where Shem Shem is like, I can't ask you on the act to be happy, but what you react to it should be happy. And that's not what happened with Noyach. Noyach went the other way. So I, just gonna, I want you to read this Medrash Tanchuma. It's an unbelievable Medrash Tanchuma. So he says, in the beginning, the Torah says he was an ish tzaddik. Now he's a, a dirt person. Why? Because he planted a vineyard. Once he planted the vineyard, he was called the ish adama. And he says the following story. So, so Adam, when he left Ganeiden, he took with him a, a sapling of, of, of a vineyard, of a grapevine. <coughs> And anything that grew in, in Ganeiden grew in, everything happened in one split second. It says that even when Chava and Adam went up to their bed, the two, Cain and Hevel, were born adults. You didn't, they weren't babies. So, it, like, you, you planted a seed, it grew, in that second it grew, the, the tree grew, the fruits came out, and it's a, it was a full product. So, this sapling Noah had from Adam. So, the minute he came out of the Teva, he planted this sapling, so it grew, the grapes grew, and he made wine all in the same day. So this is what it says. So, the same day he planted, the same day he grew fruit, the same day he harvested, the same day he stamped, he trampled on the grapes to make wine, the same day he drank the wine, the same day he became drunk. Okay, okay. When Noach planted the, the vines, Boss Satan, the Satan showed up. He always shows up at the wrong times. And he stood in front of Noach. He said to Noach, What are you planting? Now, this happened before with Chava. He said, What is this tree? Why are you allowed to eat from this tree? Don't get into conversations with the Satan. So Noach should have said, it's really, I, don't really, I don't want to talk to you about it. But he was very excited. So, and I always say that to everyone, that when, when, when you're at work and a guy starts talking to you, wow, you're so nice, why aren't you married? Or, you know, you're married and like, you know, I see that you're, you, you, you sent your wife roses, my husband never sends me roses, and they start talking to you, could you help me out, my kids, this and that. He's just trying to do our various with you. That's how the Sutton started, just by asking very innocent questions. So he asked a very innocent question. He said, what are you planting? Amalo Kerem. So Noah said... A vineyard. Amalo, the Satan said to Noah, Mativo. Why, what's so special about grapes? Amalo, Perosa Musukim. The fruit is very sweet. Bain Lachim, Bain whether it's dried raisins or regular grapes. And here's where Noah made the biggest mistake of his life. And from grapes, you make wine. And wine makes you happy. Wine does not make you happy, girls. But Noah thought that wine made him happy. Now, whose game is making people happy? That's the Satan's game. So the minute he heard that, Amaloha Satan, the Satan said to Noah, Boy, I want to be your partner. You got something that makes you happy? Fun? Party? I want to be part of this. Yes, 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 yes. But it doesn't mean getting drunk.
It means making kiddush. It means wine by a sheva brachis. Now, now, he says to the Noachs, I want to be a partner. I'm a loy l'chaim. That's where it comes from, the first l'chaim. The Satan said to, to the to Noach, the Noach said to the Satan, l'chaim, but what do I need you for? What are you bringing to the partnership? I'm planting it. I stepped on it. I made it. Now you show up, you want to be a partner. What are you giving? Satan says, oh, I got what to give to this partnership. What did the Satan do? Heavy kevesh, he brought a lamb, and he killed the lamb, and he let the blood of the lamb run out to fertilize the vine. Achakach, he brought Ari, he brought a lion. He killed the lion, and he let the blood flow into the ground to fertilize the vine. Achakach, heavy chazir, he brought a pig. Boharago, he killed it, and he let the blood fertilize the vine. Achakach, he brought a monkey. Boharago, he killed the monkey. Underneath the vine, and he let all these bloods mix and go into the vine. And the vine grew from the blood of all the, the fertilizer of the blood of, of all these four: a lamb, a lion, a pig, and a, a monkey. Why do you do that? He says. The Satan said, "This is how it's going to work." He says, "When a person takes his first drink, he's going to get very mellow. He's going to be like a lamb." So I put the blood of the lamb in the vine. He says, he's not going to know anything. He's just going to be like, oh, nice. A little, little wine by the meal. A little wine by candlelight. By the fireplace. Oh, he's like a little lamb. <coughs> then he's going to drink more, much more. He's going to start to feel like he's a, he's a lion. He's going to start walking around saying, there's no one like me in the world. I... I I know some boys, some of my Talmidim and some of my friends. They're introverts. They couldn't have a conversation with you for five seconds. They wouldn't talk to a girl. They wouldn't, they, 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 they're introverts. On Purim, they don't stop talking. They drink, they don't stop talking. And they're like, you know who I am? I'm like, you don't even talk. You know, like, they're another They don't talk about themselves. All of a sudden, they're drunk. They're like, I'm the best ball player. And hey, you want to hear some good jokes? And oh, I got some stories. They become, he said, they become like a lion. You're all of a sudden, you're like, it's not, you're not drunk yet. You're a little bit buzzed, but you're loose. So like, you know, I'm not scared of anything. Right? And that's why you have a lot of bar fights. People go to bars, they get drink, and they start beating up each other. Because they all think that they're lions. He said, okay. He says, then, when you really start to drink too much, you become a pig. What does that mean? You start to urinate in your pants, and you become filthy from, from the urination. And you go number two also. So the person loses his bowels because he has no control, and all of a sudden he's sitting there in his own stuff, and his mamasha, his mamasha achazer. He says, and if he drinks even more, he becomes a monkey. He gets on the table, and he starts to dance. Because he's totally out of here. Umasachek, he starts to make jokes. And it's very interesting, this medrash. You know when this medrash, how many thousands of years it is? Umaytzi lufnei called navlis pen. He begins to curse. Drunks curse. He says, he begins to curse. So the satan put in the first vine. All our grapes, all our wine comes from there. Because there was nothing left in the world. This was the first vine. And this all came from the first vine. He put the power in the vine of the wine. Because you said it makes you happy. 
Did you become a lion? Then you become a pig? Then you become a monkey? And that's what drunks, that's what happened to drunks. There's a very famous story. Mom Lawyers brings a story, a fascinating story. My father, we used to learn this always at the table. Um, so there was this, this man that was a real drunk. And, and um, he used to get drunk all the time. And his kids really wanted, they really wanted to stop him. Um, so one day they were walking and they saw a drunk that was laying in a cesspool. You know, a cesspool where all the stuff in the toilet goes. This drunk was so drunk that he was laying in a cesspool and he was singing. And he said, wow, if we could show our father what he's going to look like one day, he'll stop. So they take the father right away and they bring him and they say, Ta, this is what you're going to become. Look at this man. He's sitting in dew. So the father bends down and he says something to the drunk. And the drunk says something to him. And he gets up and the kids figure, well, Hashem, the father learned a lesson. So they said to the father, what did you, what did you say to him? He said, I asked him, where did you get such good stuff that you could get so drunk that you could lay in a cesspool? You understand? That's what happens to a drunk. That's, that's, that's where you end up. So Noah, instead of getting out of the teva and saying, I am the first man, I'm the, the world's coming from me. Let's build the world. He said, oh my gosh, look at my trauma. I got to get blitzed. I got to get drunk. And the Torah says, that's an Isha Dhamma. You, you came from a, a Isha Lokim, and you ended up becoming an Isha Dhamma. But look what happened in the story. So he's laying on his bed, and he's not dressed. And shame and Yafes cover him up with a blanket. And Chum, his other son, comes and uncovers him. And whatever, hurts his father physically. And when he wakes up, he curses his own child. He curses Hamid, you're going to be an Eved. He curses his own child forever. You came out of the Teva, you're the man, you're the, you're the beginning of the world. You have a moment here where it's unbelievable. You're pain, but you're in a moment where you have crazy power and you got drunk. Now look what happened. You ended up cursing your own child. So the moment of pain, now is really a moment of pain. Because the reaction of what you did with your moment of pain is causing even more pain. So I told my girls, I said, your trauma and your stuff and all that put you in a position that you can do stuff I can't do. You can talk to kids and you can help kids. You could do unbelievable. But if you're going to drown your pain in drugs or in other things and in, and in depression and other things, then, then what's going to be the product of your pain of what you went through? That you're in a rehab? That you're a drug addict? That you're cutting? That you try to kill yourself? That's what Noach did. Instead of sizing the moment and using it to become ish tzaddik, he ended up becoming ish adama, and, and one of his children became an eved and got cursed by him. And that's the lesson of this week's parsha. And that's why Rashi is so hard on Noach and saying that you would have been a nothing. Because what Rashi was saying is, yes, you're a tzaddik, and yes, it's t- terrible trauma to come to a world that was totally destroyed. He saw people floating by the table. He saw everything. And the world, he came out of the world that was totally destroyed. Do you think he was happy? He wasn't happy. So now you had a moment. What did you do with that moment? And this is what he did with that moment. And he, he lost Chum because of that. And he, other things happened to him. Whatever, I don't want to get into it. But it was very, very bad. So, so that's what Rav Shimshin is saying. Rav Shimshin is saying that the, the, to be on a madrega to say, Gamzu Latoiva, that's a big tzaddik while you're going through your pain. But to be on the madrega to do something positive... To, to make a siyam because a parent died, to how many people I know that didn't go to Minyan, 
They didn't go to Minyan, but now they had to say Kaddish for a year. And now they don't miss Minyan. So from their father's death or their mother's death, they, they change their whole life. They don't miss Minyan. They go to shul, they give tzedakah, they give people rides. Their whole life changed. So are they happy their parents died? Of course not. But are they happy what they did with the pain? Absolutely. That's the choice that we have. That level we could all be on. And that's what we learned from, from this week's parsha. You should only know good things in your life. You should have a and bracha. And thank you everybody for coming. It's been a while. See you next week. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.